and welcome to Bad Hasbara, the world's most moral podcast. I am your host, Matt Lieb, the world's most moral host, I suppose. Uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode of this podcast. Uh, you know, if you're listening to it on Spotify or on Apple Podcast app, uh, give us five stars in a review, please. It helps uh, people see it. It like does something to the algorithm. People see it and they're like, oh, what's this? And they listen to it. And that helps me. <clears throat> also helps me when, when you listen to the podcast because uh, that's the only way I can monetize because <laughs> YouTube doesn't allow me to monetize it because I keep saying crimes out loud. Um, there are certain crime words you can't say that uh you know youtube looks at and uh tells me that ads won't happen and then also um the theme song's background music is apparently someone else's uh so so anyways point is listen to the podcast you don't need to look at me i'm ugly as fuck uh but if you insist on watching if you insist on being here on youtube Please support me by going to the new Patreon that we have, patreon.com slash badhasbara. You'll get every episode of this show, plus uh, some new shit, you know, I mean, you know, uh, occasional bonus interviews and stuff. I don't know. At some point, I'll do uh, bonus content, like a lot of it, and you'll be so happy. For now, my shit is very busy. I got a baby. Life's hard. I got, like, other jobs and stuff. But, uh, yeah, support me, patreon.com slash badhasbara. Finally, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, Sacramento Punchline. That's right. It's a comedy club in Sacramento where me and my wife, Francesca Fiorentini, that was a Borat voice, sorry, um, will be uh, co-headlining. That is March 17th at the Sacramento Punchline at 7 p.m. Uh, there's a ticket link in the bio. Please, please, uh, you know, come, buy tickets, tell your friends. You all come together. It's, uh, you know... St. Patty's Day, so you can get drunk, you can fucking laugh at some stuff, it'll be fun. So please, come out, join me. Okay, today, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, we have a, a hell of a show. It's gonna be a lot of, fun is a bad word for it, because there's not a fun subject, but uh, interesting and occasionally fun. Uh, today's main subject is called Hitler. I just met her. I'm so sorry. Uh, AKA how Israel is using allegations of Nazism to justify preemptive Nazism. All right. So let's get into it. Oh, to begin with, here's a quick Israeli government civics lesson. Uh, did you know that Israel has a president? No. Not Benjamin Netanyahu, that's the prime minister. I'm talking about president. In this case, his name is Isaac Herzog. And you might be wondering, uh, what the fuck does a president do in Israel? Uh, the answer is nothing. The president and presidency is uh, a mainly ceremonial position. Uh, it doesn't really do anything, has no executive function. It's been offered to people who are not Israeli, uh, both uh, Eli Wiesel and uh, Albert Einstein were both offered the presidency at one point, and uh, both of them denied it. They turned it down because, you know, they were like, that's weird. You, I thought this was a democratic country. Uh, from what I can tell, 
the presidency is mostly used to put a more liberal face on an increasingly fascist state. Uh, every Israeli president has been part of or associated with the liberal Zionist Labor Party, uh, except for one. There was one Likud uh, party president um, who became, uh, yeah, a, a Likud member who became president of Israel. His name was uh, Moshe Ketzav, and he was the uh, first uh, Mizrahi Jew to be elected president. Uh, that's Middle Eastern Jew, for those of you who don't know. Uh, he was also the first to serve five years in prison for rape. Yeah, so... That's a story for another time, but the point is, it is a ceremonial ceremonial position with no like uh, executive function, and it does almost nothing. I say almost because it does do one thing. There's one thing that the president does, and they excel at it. That's right, Hasbara. So speaking of Israeli President Hasbara, on February 17th, fake President Isaac Herzog posted a video of himself on Twitter, tweeting. And I have that tweet for everyone here to read. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he tweeted, On the stage of the Munich Security Conference, I revealed to the viewers around the world the anti-Semitic book written by Dr. Mahmoud uh, Al-Zahar, one of the founders of Hamas, which praised the Holocaust, a copy of which was found in a house in the Gaza Strip by IDF soldiers and i have that video here this book was written by mahmoud dr mahmoud al-zahar dr mahmoud al-zahar is one of the founders of hamas he's a well-known hamas leader and a political figure of hamas and the book mainly hails the holocaust it hails what the nazis have done and calls for nation to follow what the nazis have done we have to have a coalition of all of the moderate forces in the world fighting this ideology oh word damn never mind forget that whole ceasefire thing you can kill everyone feel free because like if there's one thing that we can all agree on is wherever you find that book wherever you find it it should absolutely be decimated by bombs gunfire and death Unfortunately for the fake president of Israel, uh, Twitter user uh, Ali Lockrockby found that book in the National Library of Israel. That is correct. That book is in Israel <laughs> right now. Uh, he found it and then, uh, you know, posted it online. And uh, if you'll notice there, it is not written by Dr. Mahmoud al-Zahar. Uh, no, in fact, it is actually written by someone named uh, Abu Al-Fida Muhammad Araf. And uh, so this Hasbara was quickly exposed by the uh, Quds News Network, who tweeted, according to pictures shared by the Israeli media, this book is authored by someone called Abu Al-Fida Muhammad Araf. It was first published in the 90s and printed in two Arab countries, which do not include Palestine. Uh, so apparently the author is Egyptian, and it was published in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and it was published in 1990. Uh, so this is another lie, uh, easily debunked by a quick Google search. Um, <clears throat> well, maybe not quick, because, you know, if you were to Google search it, first you have to scroll past dozens of articles from news outlets that reported this bullshit as fact, like the Jerusalem Post, like the Times of Israel, like the New York Post. So that first, but once you scroll 
far enough, then you find that book and its actual author listed in the National Library of Israel. Um, but let's look beyond the lie for a moment. You know, I, I only care a little bit that they lie. For me, the question is, why do they lie? Like, let's say it's true. What does he want you to take away from it? Like, it's not breaking news that, like, Hamas wrote a book that's anti-Semitic, right? That wouldn't, if it was true, that wouldn't be breaking news. Nobody ex would be surprised by that information. It's something that, in fact, like, I assume someone from Hamas at some point has written a book about hating Jews. That doesn't, you know, shock me or anyone. But that's not what Herzog wants you to remember. What he wants you to remember is where the book was allegedly found. In a home in Gaza, as he said. Not a Hamas barracks, not a Hamas compound, not a Hamas command and control center. A home in Gaza. Just some dude's house. And in fact, it's Gaza, so it's not just some dude's house. It's probably a multi-generational family home, because that's how it works. So he is saying, and he's trying to convince everyone, that this house, that the men, women, grandparents, and children are legitimate targets because they had this book. Now, this kind of has bar has been around for a long time, uh, but it's like everywhere now. Like, I feel like every week there's a new video of some IDF soldier in Gaza holding up a piece of literature being like, here's some anti-Semitic literature that I found. Uh, here's uh, one that <laughs> happened early on that is just... Uh, it's just fucking insane. Um, it's uh, an Israeli soldier who sounds a lot like an American soldier, by the way, uh, who found a dedication to the martyrs uh, in an anatomy textbook. And here it is. When we say that Hamas instills hate towards Jews and the state of Israel, we're not just saying it. Take a look at this book, for example, Anatomy and Physiology. So what would you expect to read about in this book? Stuff about anatomy and physiology. So you open the first page, it's a cover page, and look at the second page right here. Dedication. We dedicate this work to the souls of the Palestinian martyrs who sacrificed their blood for Palestine and Al-Aqsa. So this book is dedicated to the terrorists and to the martyrs who committed terror attacks in Israel. Okay, so, <laughs> all right. listen, this would be, I think, personally, a lot more convincing uh, if you couldn't see the part where you folded it and clearly put it in your pocket at some point and took it out and unfolded it and just stuffed it into a book. Like completely just try, try. They're not even trying anymore. It's embarrassing just to watch just the low effort Hasbara. But there it is. Um, listen, I'm just saying it's like you can't, do this thing where you keep going like they're teaching their children to hate Jews. It's like Israel is literally, you're teaching your children to bait Jews. You're teaching them to tell Jews, oh, you know, this whole population, they all want you dead. Not just us here in Israel, but you at home. And uh, I don't think that's a healthy thing to teach them. Uh, so in the last few months, it feels like uh, there's been video after video of an IDF soldier uh, allegedly finding uh, little Hitler Easter eggs all over Gaza. Uh, for example, uh, here's this uh, tweet uh, that states, uh, Nazi propaganda from infancy. IDF soldiers found Hitler's book Mein Kampf inside a children's room in Bet Hanun, in the Bet Hanun uh, neighborhood in Gaza. 
Uh, yeah, that's right, inside a children's room. Uh, or this video that went viral of an Israeli soldier who, according to Hasbaris, who shared it, found a charged iPad in a Gazan teenage girl's bedroom, and uh, this was on the cover of it. And here we go. <laughs> Hey. Ah, uh, yes. You know, the point of this video is pretty clear, if uh, you can't tell. It's to make you focus more on the Hitler and less on the fact that uh, what the hell is a random Israeli soldier doing in a teenage Gazan girl's bedroom uh, that is been bombed to shit you know and and then they discover the ipad later and i'm sorry but it's got like 88 percent charge this is this is a lot to uh believe but you know this is kind of their way of saying see even their kids are nazis um and this theme of tying children and hitler together uh has been something that's been happening throughout this uh the last four months i mean it's been happening throughout this entire quote-unquote conflict, um, but uh, it's really picked up speed recently. Uh, but the the big one that I found was uh, fake President Isaac Herzog on November 12th. So, you know, barely a few weeks into this uh, atrocious genocide. Um, he put out this video shared by the Hasbara, uh, Hasbara Org Stand With Us, uh, where he found another book. So this is Adolf Hitler's book, translated to Arabic, Mein Kampf. It's the book that led to the Holocaust and the book that led to World War II. Well, this book was found just a few days ago in northern Gaza in a, in a children's living room, which was turned into a <clears throat> military operation base of Hamas on the body of one of the uh, terrorists and murderers of Hamas. And he even marked, he wrote notes, he marked, he marked and, le and learned and learned again and again Adolf Hitler's ideology <sighs> of hating the Jews, of killing the Jews, of burning the Jews, of slaughtering the Jews. Again, this would be a lot more convincing if you couldn't see the fresh post-it <laughs> right on the brand new book that you took off an allegedly dead guy. Um, also, uh, is this a Hamas base or a children's living room? And what is a children's living room? And why mention children at all? Like, what is the point of that? And I think that's pretty clear. Like, that's the truly demented part of this whole thing is it's like, uh, these videos aren't about proving that Hamas are Nazis. It's about proving that every single Gazan is a Nazi, including their children. Like this lie is repeated over and over and over again, as if finding a book written by a genocidal maniac justifies preemptive genocide. There's no, that's not a thing. Preemptive genocide is not a phrase. It's just called genocide. You know, knowingly targeting civilians is a war crime, no matter what ideology you accuse them of having. So when it comes to the Israeli government, you don't actually have to go and bomb their homes and rifle through their bookshelves to find proof that they are genocidal. Uh, they'll just tell you. So this is a quote from President Isaac Herzog. 
uh, that today's guest, Owen Jones, po pointed out was cited as evidence of uh, genocidal statements at the ICJ. And I have that right here. We are working, operating militarily according to rules of international law unequivocally. It is an entire nation out there that is responsible. It is not true that this rhetoric about civilians are, uh, it's not true this rhetoric about civilians not aware, not involved. It is absolutely not true. They could have risen up. They could have fought against that evil regime which took over Gaza in a coup d'etat. <laughs> we, but we are at war. We are at war. We are at war. We are defending our homes. We are protecting our homes. Blah, blah, blah. I'm evil. Uh, so, man, you know what? Good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Uh, he should write a book. He should. And then he should plant that book in a Palestinian child's bedroom. Um, all right. Our guest today is a socialist, political commentator, YouTuber, and frequent target of uh, Hasbaris all over the internet. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome the wonderful Owen Jones. Hi, what up? Day. How you did? Hi. Hey, Hi. how you doing? I'm doing good. How are how you, you doing? doing? Do you know what? The world's gone to shit. Well, more to shit. But um, mm. I'm on your show, which is great. So a little from column A, a little from column B. You know, that's the, you know, listen, you got to find, you got to find the silver lining somewhere. It's like, yeah, you know, there's death and destruction and everything sucks. And all of our political institutions uh, are useless. Um, but at least we can podcast sometimes. Exactly. What I'm trying to say is you're basically in my emotional life raft and I'm going to oh, cling fuck. on. I'm going to cling on for dear life. So don't, don't sink. Don't fuck it up. There's a that's lot my, of pressure. That's my There's a lot of pressure, buddy. Oh, fuck. Yeah. No, listen. Hey, uh, you can always, if you're ever feeling sad, if you're ever feeling hopeless, come on this podcast and, uh, you know, the, you'll still feel sad and hopeless, but at least you will have like talk to someone. Oh yeah, I took that as red. Don't get me wrong. I took that as red. Don't 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 get me wrong. Yeah, I'm in the abyss. But but nonetheless, yeah. some solace. It's all relative, I think. Yeah. And so, so you're in you're in Athens, Greece right now. I think that's that's gotta be nice. What's it like out there? Do you know what? I think Athens is I don't know, I was gonna say it's underrated, but I don't know what I mean by that, because it's not like everyone's just slagging off Athens. It's, it's like well known. Yeah. It's not like people are fine about Athens. I know, I, don't I know talk I mean shit about about Greece all the time. So, you know, let's let's maybe say yeah. something positive about Greece. I know, come on, leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Society got, They're just living They got their overrun life. by the Roman Empire, then the Ottomans. Jesus, let them Yeah, I yeah. do you know what? I think it's 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 warmer than where I grew up, but I'm from I'm from a town called Stockport, which it basically mm. is as as it sounds. Rains yeah. twenty out of eighty, twenty eight days. Got oh. got a very nice viaduct, but that's your, that's your lot. And um, oh. this instead of a viaduct, it's got um it's got the oh god, what's it called now? God, what have I called? The, ocean? Called? the big structure. No, it does have an ocean. Yeah. No, the Acropolis. The Acropolis. The Acropolis. Uh -oh. Which is I see I, I don't even know about the Acropolis. Don't know about the Acropolis. Come on. Come on now. I mean I didn't remember what it was called myself, but Come on. But you it's, got there. I would have never got basic. there. I said the ocean. I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> but so like you're you're there uh, and uh, I've been watching your videos now. Now you're someone who, for me, 
um, like I, I'm I'm new to you. I discovered you uh, after the seventh. Once I you know started um, you know going down this like rabbit hole of tr basically just trying to find uh, anyone out there who was actually going to report um, what's actually happening um, you know in Gaza uh, and in Israel. And I found your stuff. And I have to say, a big fan of what you do. You are uh, one of the um, like for me a fresh uh voice of reason with a british accent because uh, i don't know if, you, if you've noticed but uh i feel like half the israeli has bars are uh british and yeah, it's just yeah. so usually when you hear someone talking about israel with a british accent at this point i am just hearing just like Elon Levy and like just just all the like all the ghouls and so it's nice to I don't, hear. another 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 of our great British exports yeah I yes. love that just British just <laughs> just we won't we won't start just constantly exporting horror yeah. I thought there was this meme on the internet a while ago which was like how British how Britain sees itself and how mm. the rest of the world sees itself and it's like how Britain sees itself is like this genteel man like drinking tea with a top right. hat and just being terribly polite and all the rest of it and how the rest of the world sees like a crocodile like an alligator which has just gone on the rampage just exporting <laughs> genocide we yeah. really i think genocide is something britain has always been very good at and then pretending it never happened just going la 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 no yeah, that's fine yeah, we yeah. built the railways in it we might we yeah. might don't talk about killing tens of millions right. of Indians. We built railways, okay? Exactly, Remember yeah. the railways. Listen, so listen. Yeah. We, Elon we, Levy, Elon Levy. That's the worst one though, isn't it? It's one of the I worst know. ones yet. We yeah, really he, have hit rock bottom. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I almost feel like bad for, uh, the, for the rest of Britain because, you know, I'm just like, you know, this, this guy is, he's everywhere now. He's like the, I feel like if you're someone who's into this subject, who's like been watching uh, the news, uh, he seems to be everywhere. And he seems to have made it his mission um, to make the social media position at a uh, company uh, be a, something that like where you sell your soul for it. Like, listen, people work doing social media for all sorts of weird shits. You know, I'm sure Lockheed Martin has a Twitter account, but when you're r running the, you know, cover for a genocide, holy fuck, man, that's, that can't possibly be worth it. But he seems to I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it as well because Mark. I, mean, we, I don't know if you said. Well, we've all seen Mark Regev. So Mark Regev, he, he's Australian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of settler colonial states, no, but he's Australian, and he, he he actually, I can see, I can see, I can see what they're trying to do with that guy. He's the former, yeah, yeah. British, uh, sorry, Israeli ambassador to to Britain. He's got. Right. He's kind of a smooth talker. He, you know, I can see what's going on. Ian Levy, I think he just. You can tell he's got this just heart of darkness. <laughs> you know, he just comes across like, I mean, he, he's so British. I mean, he's just so British. But like, yeah. he's too one-dimensional to put in a film as a bad guy. You'd just be like, yes. too on the nose. Do you know what right. I mean? You'd kind of think, put 100%. in some complexity. Put some complexity. Less clear malice. Um, and I just think, you know, they, they've they clearly, they just, they need, if I was the Israeli government, I would just maybe flesh him out a bit more. Give him yeah. more of a character arc. Yeah, yeah but, he should have know, been focus grouped a little bit because so far uh, I feel like they're trying to sell us on his, um, you know, the fact that he raises his eyebrows like they're, they're trying to memeify him 
it's it's the weirdest thing where I've never seen such a concerted attempt at like uh trying to make a celebrity out of someone with zero charisma uh it's just like well, also you know what it's yeah. funny because you know i you know i don't want to be a backseat driver selling a genocide absolutely that's tricky that's is is it's not yeah. you know i don't i mean know. hindsight is 2020 i know everyone has their way of doing the cover for genocide. exactly yes. it's easier it's easier to critique right. than, to, than yeah. to do it uh, uh, but um, I, I had a, a very good friend of mine went to university with him. And if you Google uh, Elon Levy, all I'm saying is I don't want to be overly personal just because sure. what he represents is just obviously so hideously egregious on its own terms. All I'd say mm. is just Google Elon Levy from mm -hmm. 2013, 2014 at Oxford University um, and you will see what's happened there because it's it's quite the transformation is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Um, he was seen as a bit of a kind of, he was like, a, you know, a kind of a, a, a bit of an, I think a nerd is is being generous. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a little bit of like uh, overcompensation you think happening where he's like, I'm going to be a tough guy by um, tweeting about uh, every time someone shows an atrocity from Gaza. Yeah, that's the thing because like, I think this. I wish we didn't have to do this, but whatever yeah because there's always there's different types of nerd. Like, i'm a bit of a nerd i'm not i wasn't trying to like you sure. know nerd, like go on a kind of like nerd critique but there's yeah. kind of like you know i like to think there's, there's lots of sweet kind of nerdy types and then there's oh, like, sure. you can imagine just pulling wings off flies and, and oh I yeah think that's yeah that's, he's got that's the, the difference yeah it's the it's the uh the nerd the nerd to incel pipeline energy where you're just like you know you start off just really liking comic books and then you end up being so mad that women like comic books too that you're like you just go full fucking incel and uh he's he's got the energy uh, to me of someone who knows um you, you know what he has it's uh, as a comic uh he has what i would say is uh open mic overachiever energy he's got this uh the it's this this the person who has decided um what stand-up is is when you go on stage and wear a suit like he doesn't have like charisma he doesn't have a comedy voice he doesn't have any good writing but what he has is like a suit and uh he has one thing that he does which is raise his eyebrows and he's decided uh that's how he's gonna sell uh this, these war crimes and, and i find him like so detestable and yet so um entertaining because i i you know as opposed to seeing him as a total villain um, I mean, I see him as a villain. Uh, I also behind his eyes, I see this like, um, like, I feel like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know British people that well. But <laughs> I feel like he has uh, a deep sadness to him where I feel like he I hope will. So. I hope I, so. I, yeah, fingers yeah, crossed. Maybe, Fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe it's like uh, me being optimistic, but I, I it, like I, I feel like in his tweets he will live to regret every single moment of this and uh, uh there's like i i see behind all of them just someone with the saggiest you know eye bags just like sitting there with a five o'clock shadow just typing israel has a right to defend itself you know over and over again and um i, I and maybe that's just my hope uh maybe he's Do you know what I, it's funny you used to say that because earlier um mm -hmm. 
yeah, I was thinking about this in the shower. I don't know why I need to say that particular detail, but just, just oh, as a bit of context. Not? I but like I it. Now I'm thinking, thinking about you in the shower. <laughs> well, you know, I thought I'd spice things up a bit. But I don't know if you ever sometimes just start pitching film ideas in your head. And I did oh, think sure. of this kind of like Israeli propagandist in a film who just has this massive crisis of conscience and just goes on a big and then realises what they've done. I think, though, with him, because he, he started baiting me occasionally, which I just generally ignored... Um, but then I replied to him saying something like, um, it might take 20 years, it might take 30 years, it might take 40 years, but you are definitely going to go to jail. And I think, <laughs> maybe, I, I just think for me, because the reason, the reason I say that is, to be honest, and I've been thinking about this a lot, because, um, I mean, it's comforting, isn't it? Because <laughs> he's just such yeah, a, it feels nice. you know, he's, he's, selling, he's selling genocide to a Western audience. But I mean, if you read the Genocide Convention of 1948, um, it, you know, because obviously genocide, it, it makes clear is a punishable crime, but obviously it talks about, you know, other punishable crimes such as public incitement and complicity. Right. And I just think if you're going to be the PR guy trying to convince a Western audience to support a genocide, then I think that applies. And I just think this yeah. crime is too big, too extreme, and Western public opinion actually, despite his, or maybe partly because of his attempts, uh, is shifting dramatically ahead that I just think in the future, is he really going to get away with it? And part of me thinks maybe he won't. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I honestly, in deep in my, you know, heart, I still have like a little bit of optimism in me that there is some justice in the world. Um, and so, you know, I, as, as cynical as I've become, because here in America, we just, uh, you know, it's like, uh, if you, if your crimes are big enough, you get away with them. And uh, I think that is, you know, made us all cynical. Like watching, watching the fact that like Trump, it feels increasingly likely will be reelected, uh, where we all are just kind of like resigning ourselves to the fact that like, yeah, some people are just allowed to do crimes and say they're doing crimes and then just be president again. Like it's just, it's just part of it. Yeah. But deep inside, there's part of me that believes yeah, it is possible because, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be the first time in the world that uh, someone has gone to uh, prison uh, and convicted of cheering on uh, genocide. Like, this has happened before. Uh, I, I know it happened recently with, uh, um, I don't know about recently, but uh, <clears throat> with a, uh, I think, uh, Belgian. What, what, what do you call a Belgian? Is that a Dutch? <laughs> I'm from no, America. No, well... Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, so What's got... a, Bel a Belgian guy called? Well, you've got a Belgian's fine. I think they Belgian. That. Yeah, I'll call I Belgian. What I suppose what you're going for is you've got your Wallonia, which is your French mm -hmm. part, and then you've got you've got your Flanders, and they sure. speak Flemish, which is a, which is kind of Dutch. But they, yeah. I wouldn't if I if I said that to them that they sound that they would probably get quite angry about that. A, yeah, a Belgian no. is fine. A Belgian's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, I, I I wish I wish the reason that I didn't know was because I was like trying to be specific. No, it's because I American school system. I don't know where things are. I know there's a map <laughs> and there's lines in them. But uh yeah, so I he was uh someone who became a huge star in, in um uh Rwanda and was uh one of the people who was cheering on the genocide and was actually trying to um uh you know, basically doing cover for it and trying to incite. And uh he faced consequences and I do believe it is possible that I mean if anyone is going to face consequences for uh for rhetoric in this 
like Elon's top of the list for sure. Well, I'll give an example. I'll give an example because the point you made before is like, why are they saying, you know, when it comes to lies, for example. And, and yeah. there was a, an example last week, which wasn't Elon, but just as, as, as one example, mm-hmm. where yeah. um, all of a sudden the Ministry of Defense in Israel released what they said was footage of uh, the Palestine Red Crescent uh, treating a Hamas militant from the 7th of October after they, right. um, I think they'd killed Israeli soldiers. I think that was the argument. Um, mm. And they said, and, and they and they put that out. It turned out it wasn't the Palestine Red Crescent at all. It was the military um, health service or something, the internal military service of Hamas. It was nothing oh, to do okay. with the Red Crescent whatsoever. And whatever we think about Mossad, they're not stupid. They obviously knew that. Um, mm. And even the Times of Israel had to retract, um, but the Ministry of Defense wow. just kept, they've kept it up on Twitter and all the rest of it. And the question is, why did they put that out then? Well, they put that out because they've just destroyed the health system of Gaza and mm. they had just targeted an ambulance, which was sent to save a six-year-old girl in Rajab, right. blew up, killed its paramedics and her family. Um, and and so they were suddenly going, ah, they're, they're Hamas. But the point about Elon Levy, so on him, so he released this clip of him chatting to, um, you know, someone who's a, again a former Israeli politician yeah um and in it what the whole point of that discussion they have was to take on the idea of a clear demarcation between the Palestinian people Hamas and they even went to great lengths to say well actually Fatah are basically accomplices of Hamas that Hamas is just rooted in that's what they argue it's not a joke that Hamas is rooted in the national fabric um, of Palestine, and it's not true when Western audiences say, "Well, actually, you know, you, sh- you know, that Hamas don't represent the Palestinians." They just talk about the Palestinians, and they in in that casual way about right. being Hamas. And the point about that is, is it's really important to make the point because of what you said there earlier. Because when they say we don't target innocent civilians, we don't target civilians who aren't involved. The question is, I don't think they really think there are any innocents. So they're not lying when they say that. Do you see right. what I mean? Their, their view is that why, why are they, as you say, why do they suddenly talk about children having uh, Nazi books or whatever? I mean, you had this segment on Israeli TV where a former senior Mossad official said all Palestinians over the age of four were collectively guilty and right. were Hamas supporters. So, yeah. I mean, the, the argument they're trying to make is we don't target innocent civilians because, well, actually, we think Hamas and the Palestinian civilian population, you can't really demarcate the two. So when I watched that clip, he's, why has he decided to put that particular segment up? Well, because there's increasing growing horror at the fact that, including those buried under rubble, 36,000 plus Palestinians have been killed, including over 14,000 children. And people are, they're losing the public relations battle. So they're increasingly putting out clips going, do you really want to feel sorry for these people? Because right. they're all, they're all... They're all, yeah. they're all Hamas extremists. And I yeah. think, yeah, that's the point, isn't it? I, I mean, it is It is crazy. Just the phrase uh, alone, you know, uh, and I'm sure it's used, you know, not just by Israel, but just the phrase innocent civilians is always, uh, it's, a, it's a funny little qualifier, the idea of the innocent part, just because uh, you go like, well, wait a second. Isn't a civilian, by definition, uh, yeah. someone who is not a combatant? <laughs> like, like the idea is like, you know, we don't target innocent civilians, um, but it's their way of saying, you know, innocent. Well, what is innocent? I mean, if you yeah, have define a book, innocent, right? Define innocent. Yeah. If you're someone who's in a house that has a bad book, then are you really innocent? And that is, yeah. Well, that's the thing, yeah, because they're like. Everything is Hamas. So, I mean, yep. look, literally, the UN, yeah. the healthcare system, children, 
food. Oh, Hamas. Uh, food. Recently, I, there was a, I, uh, an article from the Washington Post that was interviewing a lot of people who were uh, protesting the uh, uh, aid that was going into Gaza, uh, Israelis and such. And uh, one of the things they pointed out um, and has po been pointed out by Israeli officials is uh, there are different ways in which, you know, foods can be used to make bombs. And I was just like, wait, so not only is aid Hamas, but food is Hamas as well. <laughs> like literally eating is Hamas. So, yeah, it is. Uh, there's a level of um, tying things to Hamas that I mean, from the beginning of this, uh, you know, recent um, incursion uh, has been everyone's, I think, rightfully called out like just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is Hamas. But instead of like realizing that that you know, line wasn't going to work. They just doubled down to the point at which they're going, everything that is not a Zionist is Hamas. Which, well, that's uh, the, that's the thing, know. isn't it? Because it, it is on one hand just so laughably ridiculous, but it is, that shows the genocidal element of it because yeah. their, their stated aim is we need to just wipe Hamas out completely. But right. when it's clear there is no demarcation between what they consider Hamas and, and anything, what you know i mean that's why you know it's funny actually cause i got gary lineker who's a like a national sweetheart in britain he's the most famous sports personality um, okay he's a sports presenter i'd call him basically a well-meaning middle-of-the-road liberal who probably just you know doesn't like innocent people being killed which right. is an extreme position to have yeah right i was like you mean a Believing nazi like, owen that's yeah. what nazis yeah. are now. that's what nazi nazis look nazis mm -hmm. are people who oppose innocent civilians being murdered on mass <laughs> So anyway, he took the Nazi position of opposing mass murder. And uh, basically what I did is I, I interviewed this Israeli-American um, um, associate professor of Holocaust and genocide, studies called mm. Ralsi Gal. He's brilliant, a brilliant guy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he called this a textbook genocide because he said rarely has intent been so overtly spoken. And he was just right. the yeah. fact people just keep saying genocidal things, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, you know, citing Amalek and in which, right. you know, God orders the killing of all men, women, children and livestock or That's human right. animals. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then to justify cutting off all means of sustenance for civilian population. I mean, it's just en endless, endless. But I, I, I put out a clip of it and Gary Lineker shared worth 14 minutes of anyone's time. This literally caused a firestorm in which Gary Lineker, but I think this was quite useful because he was then accused basically of being, you know, people started, because he works at the BBC. So yeah. the reports were, well, Jewish <clears throat> employees obviously don't feel safe working with Gary Lineker. But it was so, uh -huh. it was helpful because people had to, they had to put what actually happened in. Because people then yeah. had to read, oh my God, what's this anti-Semitism that he's done? And then they had to read, he shared a clip by an Israeli-American associate professor of genocide and Holocaust studies. Yeah. And I just yeah. think maybe that didn't really land in the way they, maybe they listened to that and thought, I think that guy probably knows what he's talking about, actually. Yeah. It's not, not yeah. classic anti-Semitism, is it? If you're a Israeli-American professor of- Holocaust Right, yeah. There's, there's, there's too many, um, like, I think uh, just, logical hoops to go through in order to be able to take an, a like a regular person and have them learn what he did and go yeah. like and end with yeah he is an, a nazi it's like you know you've got it's an israeli professor of holocaust studies and all he did was share a clip but people you know i've been getting um doxxed and uh fired and you know otherwise punished just for sharing clips and um, it is, you know, so it's it, it's nothing new. But I think what's new is um, the amount of people who are not 
the amount of people who just don't agree with the punishments that people are receiving for this stuff. Like people are starting to kind of speak out <clears throat> against the idea of blacklisting and censoring people. And I think that's I totally like, right. I think, I, yeah. yeah. No, well, it's just the scale of the crime. The scale of the crime is just, I think it's, I just think it's too big, isn't it? I think that's the issue. I yeah. think, you know, I, I just think, I think that worked for a long time, which is why actually, to be honest, I still, I'm increasingly just so angry with people who are silent because yeah. you're right, you know, yes, of course, there is always the risk when you speak out um, in support of terribly extreme ideas like don't slaughter innocent people and yeah. <laughs> the land the land should be shared on the basis of equality and justice between oh, Israelis and Palestinians. All right, listen, very, very, is... very, 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 yeah, very, 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 demonetized here, dog. Uh, <laughs> you know Next I you're going like, to say I that look, there like... should be a single secular state that everyone gets a vote. <laughs> if you say that shit, I'm going to fucking have to leave this country. Do you know what I mean? I mean, so you get like people listen to that and go like, yeah, obviously, fine, you're gonna, you know, and it's stupid. This is so irresponsible because actual anti-Semitism is growing, but obviously, yeah. which we need to take seriously. But yeah. but so, it, but you will get accused of terrible things. But yeah. I kind of think if you've got a public platform and you're not using it to speak out against your own government facilitating one of the worst crimes of our age, mm. I, I just I, I I'm. I'm kind of pissed off with you, actually, to be honest. I'm yeah. questioning your moral integrity as a human being at this point. I, That's I agree point. completely. And and I actually, it's um, one of the reasons that I so much appreciate your uh, work, um, because uh, if, uh, are, if I'm right, you're not Jewish. Is that correct? No. No, I mean, and, I have Jew Jewish cousins, but never speak about that. Just because right, it, right. It, it comes across as... Right, no, well, yeah, I've yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got Jewish so, cousins. It's like, yeah, a, yeah, my best friends are Jews yeah. or whatever. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, no, totally. But I, I, I mean, uh, so personally, I find it always uh, like refreshing when um, someone who is not Jewish. I mean, particularly someone who um, is uh, Arab and has a platform, um, or is you know Palestinian and has a platform, uh, because they are. <clears throat> often the first targets just automatically to be smeared as anti-Semitic. But also, I mean, just, you know, with you being someone who's not Jewish and being passionate about this issue and like getting into it and really talking about it, you know, um, and like not pulling any punches, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I've seen in the way Hasbaris attack you is they will call you an anti-Semite, which is something that, um, you know, uh, as a Jewish person, um, <clears throat> who talks about this, uh, I mostly get self-hating Jew. Occasionally I get like, oh, you're not Jewish enough to talk about this or whatever. But, um, uh, you know, the smears of anti-Semitism that you've uh, had to endure have been, uh, you know, I'd probably Yeah, increased. but I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, but, you know, I'd, I'd never present myself as some sort of victim in that sense. I mean, partly, sure. you know, I, I, for, in my own head, because I, I just know it's ludicrous, I think, I mean, you know, I think anti-Semitism is an incredible evil. You know, it's mm -hmm. responsible for, within living memory, the attempted extermination of the Jewish people of Europe, for two thirds right. of whom were exterminated. And I also think mm -hmm. it's so important. It's important to take on on its own terms uh, because it's a, such a tremendous evil. But also, yeah. until the Jewish diaspora feels safe, um, you know, that's a critical part of how we end this whole nightmare. Because obviously, the facts, the collective trauma felt so much by so much of the Jewish diaspora is so real 
and ob- yep. very obvious, which is throughout history, there's a sense of, you know, like if I think of, you know, in, in uh, France in the late 19th century, where French, Jewish French people felt safe and, and accepted, sure. liberty, equality of fraternity, that was the thing. Right. And then you've got the Dreyfus affair, where you've got this <clears throat> right. massive surge of anti-Semitism. Or in interwar Germany, that was the most integrated Jewish population of Europe. And then what happened? And so yeah. I get, you know, that sense that I think non-Jews like myself always have to engage with is there is a sense of throughout history, there's a sense of we're accepted or we feel safe. And then suddenly the winds change very quickly. And now, you know, we've, we, we need somewhere safe to go. And that's something which, you know, has to be engaged with in a kind of, you know, until Jewish people feel safe everywhere, then obviously the the claims of the Israeli state will have an appeal to so many. That's just inevitable. And I just think, yeah. so when I listen to that about anti-Semitism, because it's always something I've tried to take very seriously. It's something I've been very educated by mm-hmm. um, the milieu I'm in, you know, and I, you know, I stood at the tracks, railway tracks in Berlin, which took 40 members of my best friend's family to be exterminated. They were shot mm. in the forest of Latvia before yeah. the gassings began. You know, and, and I just think that you're, you know, and, and I just think at the moment thinking of that because his family from Germany or what, what was then Germany, but I think is now Poland. Right. Um, it's just seeing how Germany has gone, do you know what? We're responsible for this hideous historic crime, which is within living memory. We're going to make now the Palestinian people pay for it. And also yeah. we're going to arrest and silence Jewish protesters, which they keep yeah. doing. I just think it's f- unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's it's completely insane. It's 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 completely insane. And, uh, you know, um, I, I think what's interesting and what I think you do so well um, <clears throat> is you you do a great job of uh, contextualizing and also separating um, uh, the idea of anti-Semitism and the idea of uh, anti-Zionism or at the very least uh, criticism of Israel um, just you know, I, I'm personally wondering, like, what 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 got you um, interested in this issue? And is it, some, is it something that uh, you at one point um, avoided? Or is it something that you've always uh, been passionate about? To us, growing up, for me, like, a big influence was, I know I'm going to sound like a, even more of a cliche, so, mm-hmm. Noam Chomsky was a very big impact, to, uh, had a very, very big impact. It's okay, I'm not, I'm not a leftist hipster. I'm not just like, Noam Chomsky, come on, man. Everybody says no. Yeah. But he did. There's no getting around it. So, yeah. uh, you know, I was, I'm was i from a leftist family. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so what I did for a while, I, I'm a PhD dropout. But what I was interested in is I was studying American history. And I was interested in what I regarded as the crimes of Western imperialism. So, you know, mm-hmm. a big impact on me. I spoke about Britain's tremendous exports. So, for example, there's a brilliant book called Late Victorian Holocaust, which is about how tens of millions of Indians starved under British rule because of famines, which were completely avoidable. Ireland, half the population of Ireland was starved or forced to flee mm-hmm. because of the British British rule in the 19th century. And um, there's other examples, there's a brilliant book as well called um, uh, Britain's Gulag, which was about um, at Kenya in the 1950s when the British locked, you know, the Kikuyu tribe up in concentration camps, killed, tortured, tens of thousands, as something which most Britons have no, nothing, no awareness of. But in terms yeah. of American history, you know, v- Vietnam and all of that had a big impact to me. So what I was always interested in actually was Western, uh, you know, its complicity in crimes which its populations at home don't know about. So it, it's something I've been actually very vocal about in terms of in the here and now, which is quite interesting because it's often used as, as a preemptive gotcha against people who haven't just used Google. 
right. which is the Saudi onslaught against Yemen. So I've been to a Yemeni uh, refugee camp. I did a, a, a documentary there. Oh. I've written about the Saudi onslaught against Yemen, which is armed and backed by Britain and the United States, in which you That's have right. British intelligence um, uh, you know, units embedded in the Saudi military. Um, and for me, the whole point of that is the, that the, we are directly complicit in that horror. And the reason that gotcha is so stupid, by the way, or tells how damning this all is, is what's happened to Yemen is horrific and, mm -hmm. and it needs more attention. Mm -hmm. um, although the people who suddenly <clears throat> met, realize Yemen exists are people who only want to use Yemeni deaths to downgrade Palestinians. Right. But the scale, it shows the scale of the crime because Yemen's population is much, much bigger than Gaza's population. And a higher percentage now of Gaza has been killed in a few months than have been killed by violent means, but also by other indirect means in war in Yemen over 10 years. So it just, it, actually that gotcha doesn't work. But the point I'm making is that's what I mean, you know, for me, it's a case of this isn't about specifically, obviously I care passionately about what's happening to the Palestinian people based sure. on the generations of suffering. But for me, it's more about the West. This happens in our name. Right. We have leverage over what our governments do. So when they start coming up with other random conflicts, it's like, well, that's terrible. But Britain isn't, Britain isn't arming and supporting that. The US isn't yeah. arming and supporting that. Everything <clears throat> Israel is doing is on us. And you right. know, I interviewed, interviewed Diana Butu, a brilliant Palestinian-Canadian lawyer, and she said this is an Israeli-American attack as she sees it. And that's the point. We're we are collectively complicit and uh, because our governments arm and back it, they're doing it in our name, and we've got leverage over what they do. So we should speak out because we can stop what's happening from happening. That's the basis of what I believe, basically. Completely agree with you. And I, I think that's a, a great point that uh, people, more and more people are starting to, you know, take away. And it's why you're seeing an increase of people um, who uh, aren't Jewish, you know, um, who don't have the, you know, the, I don't know, the, even people don't have like the educational background in this still speaking out uh, because they're seeing what's wrong. Uh, they're seeing a crimes take place and they're going like, I may not be Jewish, but this is my government that is also making me uh, by the very essence of being a taxpayer complicit in uh, these horrible war crimes. And I'm not going to allow that because this is supposedly a representative democracy and we're supposed to have a voice. Um, and yeah, I, I do see something, you know, it's like, uh, I feel like Israeli, um, uh, like the right wing in Israel, to me, I, uh, I see it as a mixture of both American <clears throat> and uh, British right-wing ghoulishness like you've got the yes. uh you've got the like british like colonial uh like attitudes of the officials you know um who are in charge um you know the israeli government and then you have the american like i'm gonna take a wedding photo with a fucking uh m16 uh me and my <laughs> wife and my baby we're all gonna hold american-made guns as wedding photos or you know fucking uh, hanukkah you know <laughs> greeting cards like it's it's a it's a perfect mixture of like maga guys and brexit guys or you know whatever it's totally do you know what that is such a key point because in terms of the accusation of anti-semitism which is said because anti-Semitism is such a such a real and terrible danger mm. which has to be fought, and then the way it's used to shut down 
people who fight what are terrible war crimes and injustices perpetrated by the state of Israel. It's, right. it's, it's complete, they've got it completely the wrong way around because the whole point of anti-Semitism embedded in European culture is this idea that they are the other, that they're not Europeans, yes. they're, they're, they're the other. But the, 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 the problem, the way those of us who are critiquing and opposing this horror, that we're not looking at Israel as the other, we're looking at them as us. We're looking at this basically as a Western state, a Western state which is responsible for unbelievable, unspeakable horror. So they've yeah. got it, it's the complete opposite of the critique. It's not the othering of Israel that mm -hmm. leads to the movement develop, which is across the Western world. It's not the othering of Israel, it's the, this is us, as in a right. Western state, waging war against an indigenous people who are suffering a genocide. So it's the yeah. complete opposite. So you're right, I do look at them, a lot of it is, it is echoing a lot of like, basically, it is an echo, a lot of it, so much of British kind of, you know, colonial, settler colonial projects throughout history. There's a big yeah. echo of that. But you're right, it's got as well now this kind of maniacal kind of American, fuck yeah. you, we don't give a fuck about the world, you know, like, right. there's this football right. team here called, um, uh, we, that, like their, their motto is, um, no one likes us and we don't care. And it's a bit kind of yeah. like, fuck you all. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And you see it, you know, a lot in Israeli society, um, uh, you know, the idea of like, well, you know, if the world doesn't agree with us, then fuck the world. And um, this is a very American outlook, um, you know, kind of disguised as like, uh, you know, I see this a lot of like, um, kind of a revisionism when it comes to a lot of these attitudes towards um, the international community, like the idea, you know, Israelis will be like, you know, it is, this is what we've always said, you know, it's, it's, it's us versus the world and stuff. And I'm like, no, you, you, you're taking this from right-wing Christian nationalists. This is that talking point. Um, so and, much so. Yeah. And, and you're, you're, you're not, you know, uh, this is not part of the, uh, you know, like the writings of fucking, uh, Theodore Herzl anymore like he, he at least admitted he was a settler colonialist <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> at, like you are just doing right-wing Christian nationalism and then you know saying things like well fuck the world you know uh, we're, we're number one and the the danger there is that unlike <clears throat> America which is you know the fucking biggest army in the world the the, the most well-armed the biggest economy um uh, Israel, like, is a country in the Middle East that is very, very powerful. But as someone who is, you know, a Jewish person and is, is like, I also do not want Israelis to fucking die in mass atrocities. And everything the Israeli government does seems to bring them further, like, closer and closer and closer to something uh, of that nature happening, which is, like, one of the most insane things about it is like this careless attitude of like, whatever, what are you going to do to us? Um, like to me, it just, it, it doesn't make them safer. I mean, if I'm an Israeli, I'm like, I, I would be like, what the fuck are we doing guys? Like, why are we, are we like the entire society can't be as confident as the most insane person in some settlement in the West bank. Like, I, I just don't, I just don't believe that. So, so I, I, I look at this yeah, and I go like, I this that. is, yeah, it's too cocky. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, on that as well, this is definitely not my lane, but I mean, mm. I guess it's that question, isn't it? Which is, has Israel made 
Jewish people safer either in Israel or abroad, I guess. Is the, no is the answer the big, to that. question. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's you, just if difficult you, to... I'll, I will say uh, unequivocally, no. And, and I think like, you know, you were talking about earlier, like kind of like reconciling the idea of uh, American, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, um, Jewish um, past trauma and like kind of um, uh, trying to be sensitive to that um, because of the fact that, you know, we have these very real um, historical traumas and present, you know, traumas and aggressions and stuff. There are people who hate Jews. Anti-Semitism is uh, a very real thing. Um, and, you know, the problem is, is that the solution of Israel is not a solution. Uh, and that is something that I think more and more Jews are waking up to. It's like, wait, wait. So, Yes, any country at some point can turn on an, on a population. Historically, Jews have been a population that countries turn on, uh, and you know that's part of this fear. Um, the solution that I've seen put forth by Zionists seems to be like, you know, well, luckily Israel exists, and it's like, what does that even mean? To do what? What what exactly is going to stop uh, a you know? Uh, a, a gang of anti-Semites in Fresno from like murdering a Jew. Like how's Israel going to be involved in this in any way? It seems to like be based on this idea that either you are going to, you know, run to Israel or flee to Israel before it happens. It's just like, it makes no logical sense. And also the idea that a state in and of itself containing every Jew in the world is the safest thing to do. I'm like, that seems like, when all the eggs are in one basket, that's a phrase we say. <laughs> like, yeah. this doesn't yeah. seem to be a great safe bad. thing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? No, I'm on that. I mean, it's a great phrase, but on that, for example, I mean, this is something I had uh, to, to my shame. I knew nothing about uh, this, mm -hmm. this historic example. So I knew about Argentine's terrible dictatorship. I knew they were horrible right-wing dictatorship, which threw leftists out of helicopters and terrible unpleasant things like that. Um, mm -hmm. What I wasn't aware is that Argentine's junta um, disproportionately killed Jewish people. So they, this was in the 70s and 80s, and they killed Jewish people at 12 times the rate of the number of Jews who lived in Argentina. So it's like 12% of those killed were Jews compared to 1%. And a lot of the Argentine junta, like they, you know, they basically did Nazi shit, you know, like they had Nazi stuff, they praised Hitler, they just did, just did full-blown Nazi right. stuff. And I didn't, I didn't, firstly, I didn't know that. And actually, I didn't know there was a significant Argentine community in Israel who, who did leave, flee Argentina because of that. What I didn't realize is Israel armed that junta. Yep. And I guess the, the reason I bring that up because it killed so, up to maybe 3,000 3, yeah, Argentinian right. Jews were killed. That. I just think that itself just is, if Israel was functioning at that point as, look, we whatever happens, we're here as a refuge for Jewish people to defend Jewish people no matter. But they prioritised because their view there was actually they were part of a coalition, a global so-called anti-communist alliance involving the United States, you know, Britain, which is why That's they're right. allied with, for example, apartheid South Africa, because they saw us at bulwark. And it, so their prior, the priority of the Israeli state there wasn't how, above all else, of course you can't arm this junta. What the fuck? This junta's yeah. killing Jews disproportionately. That clearly is an enemy of the Jewish people. And we need to fight it. They, they were, well, actually, we're, an anti we're part of an anti-communist block. And therefore, um, we, need to, we need to arm this junta. 
I mean, that itself, I yeah. just find, and I didn't know about that history. So yeah, yeah it, it is. It, it's an insane thing. And it's like one of many examples, um, you know, of, of course, at different levels of intensity, but of Israel prioritizing um, the continuation of their state and their project um, uh, over the safety of Jews living in diaspora countries, uh, it, living in the diaspora, living not in Israel. Uh, and it is become increasingly obvious that the choice there is incredibly calculated because it it fucking uh, accomplishes two things. Number one, it helps them, you know, with their allies or whatever. Uh, it helps them grow stronger as a state. It also uh, helps their case, which is their case is like, oh, man, other countries sure do hate you. <laughs> you know, move to Israel where we will protect you. And that that kind of shit is like, you know, this idea of uh, goes like directly in the face of the idea that Israel makes Jews safer. Um, and, uh, you know, more on this subject, there was a tweet recently that I'm going to put up uh, by uh, someone named Joss uh, Sheldon. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he wrote this. Let me put pull this up. Da, da, da. There we go. Uh, so Joss wrote, um, if I was a white person in South Africa, I'd have opposed apartheid. If I was a German in the 30s, I'd have opposed the Nazis. If I was alive at the time, I'd have opposed the British Empire. But I'm a Jew, so I oppose Zionism. Oh, yeah. we, we must all challenge power and say, not in our name. Um, to which... Elon Levy back again. Uh, our, oh, there he is! Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, is he back again? Is he? Always, yeah. always a pleasure, oh, never he's, a chore. Oh, he's like back. Ray of sunshine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. our beautiful boy is oh. back. Our beautiful mm. boy says, "If you were a German in the 1930s, the Nazis would have murdered you, but a strong, independent, sovereign Jewish state would have saved you." So, this is an insane thing to say. The idea that Israel, the existence of Israel, had it existed in the 30s um, as a strong, independent, sovereign Jewish state would have saved you is just uh, it's completely ahistorical in terms of like, first of all, you're inventing uh, the existence of, of Israel. Uh, there's that. And, there's that. <laughs> and um, you are also like, like what logistically? I mean, at this point, I'm not even talking about like the the rhetoric or uh, just kind of like the the idea of safety wrapped in a state. But logistically, what would have happened? Would they have been airlifted? Like this this complete fantasy idea that Elon keeps like uh putting out there and that all has bars do is that like man you know if israel was around holocaust would have would have never happened and it's just like it just doesn't it doesn't vibe with the realities of what happened uh during world war ii and during the the, the holocaust and it also seems to be expressly like tied to this idea of um you know, every single country at some point will eventually be this Nazi state and you should just accept it and move here now. And I, I find it to be like abhorrent because it's just, again, it's like this constant revisionism 
of of Nazi atrocities. And uh, yeah, you know, I just like Elon's always around saying some of like the worst shit ever. And uh, the fact that he attacks you uh, regularly just makes me it just it makes me respect you all the more, Owen, (laughs) you know? Yeah, but again, it's just more of this like how much of this is Britain just like, come on, Britain, just stop. Yeah. Like we get, we've got like the moment like transphobia. We keep expo- like just stop exporting these things. Just can't yeah. do something. We should have just stuck to like cream tea or you know like I know or I don't know chips. like being uh, being overly apologetic, like yeah. saying sorry when someone when someone walks into you. That's fine. Like yeah. you know like yeah. you know like you know just not not be not being able to say what we actually think and and that being occasionally charming but also quite irritating. That's yeah. fine. But but less of the just really egregious, terrible, nightmarish shit. And I'm afraid to say, it looks like I kind of hooked to it. So yeah, looks like we're just yeah. gonna. Ki- it looks like it's. It looks like that tradition is just here to stay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you, you know, guys are just. He won't be the last. He won't be the last. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, there are some good British people, and you're one of them. So you need to <laughs> I'll, feel I'll good. <laughs> but yeah, it. I'm, I'll take it. You know. I just, uh, in general, you know, when it comes to, like, just this idea of, like, oh, you know, if Israel doesn't exist, then no Jews are safe. I mean, this is something I've talked about constantly on the show, and I find it to be just the most absolutely offensive and um, anti-Semitic and completely defeatist for any Jew in the diaspora to believe this. Um the idea that, like, no matter what you do, um, your government, um, you know, will eventually turn on you. I mean, it's just like because you're coming from a point immediately of like, well, then fuck it. Then, then, then why well, that's try? Like, yeah. Because I think again, if I was in my just in my little lane, it's a little yeah. Mm-hmm. As a queer guy, I'd be like, well, imagine that the idea you just like, for my my view is like, well, obviously you've got to keep fighting until every society is free of right of anti-LGBTQ bigotry so that people... Right. I wouldn't be like, well, that's never going to happen, so we need to... Everyone has to decamp over here because right. we never, ever... I mean, that to me is like the most miserable, defeatist possible yeah. approach. Completely. I don't know why that... Yeah. I mean, it is. And it, it, it just... That's... By definition, it's defeatism because it is... Uh, it It's trying to uh, paint the eventual rise of... Uh, uh, of another Jewish Holocaust, another genocide against the Jews as inevitable rather than something preventable. And it's saying, um, you know, oh, well, the only way to actually prevent it is if there are no Jews left in other countries yeah. and we all move to Israel. And uh, it's just so clearly, you know, part of trying to bolster the Zionist project of greater Israel. And it's, uh, and it's also just so ahistoric because you go like, well, I mean, what happened with the junta in Argentina? You know, what what uh, what about um, you know, all the anti-Semitism that's growing in Hungary and the fact that your government is uh, cozy with Viktor Orbán? Like, what about the Well, exactly. The, like, yeah, yeah, the anti- the anti-Semites for Israel. Yeah, yes. like Orbán, yeah. clearly anti-Semitic. The most anti-Semitic regime in Europe. Yes. But on that as well, that the, the just on that as well, that so I went through this was so I, I can't remember it was a good about 20 Israeli soldiers who were killed together. This was a big mm. incident a few weeks ago. 
Um, and it turned out one of them, as much commented on, it turned out he was from um, indigenous Peruvian background, I think. Oh, right. Um, and then at a US Congress, a Republican congressman said, look, this fallen Aztec, whatever. And I, it was quite interesting because some Peruvians then wrote, there's no such thing as an Aztec, what are you talking about? There's like indigenous Peruvians. But I looked, so I went through this kind of like rabbit hole, someone did, it was quite interesting. There were some scholars who went through a kind of rabbit hole about this and the history of what had actually happened, because it's quite curious. And yeah. it was odd. I'll level. This is what happened. So basically, there was this group of um, indigenous uh, Peruvians, mm. and some rabbis from Israel were, um, went over to Peru um, and converted them all on mass to Judaism on the promise that they would have to immediately leave and go to Israel and settle. And the reason that was given for why they had to do that is that middle-class Jewish society in Peru looked down at them and was treated them with contempt and snobbery. And therefore they then settled in the West Bank and they settled in, they were taken straight from the airport to West Bank settlements and they were then settled on um, land um, on the basis that they were indigenous to the land of, of, is, of, of what is now Israel, taking land from Palestinians and the basis Wait. for it was that they they were treated with with social disdain from per, per, from Peruvian Jews who actually had some very long standing Jewish heritage. I don't wow. know. It was difficult to get my head. It was difficult to get my head around that particular claim because that wasn't about. It wasn't a claim about Jewish safety. And by the way, this is all in the. There's a Guardian article about it, which it spells mm -hmm. out in those terms. It was. I, I don't know. It was confusing. And that. In, I mean that that as an example. That it just that that is such a a crazy idea. I love, <laughs> just, I love the idea of, uh, you know, the the best way to get to convince people about Jews being indigenous is to just convert indigenous peoples of other countries and move them and go like, well, I'm a Jew and I'm indigenous. Not to hear necessarily, but who's being specific? <laughs> that is, uh, that's pretty brilliant. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's insane to think about the amount of um uh the rising uh tide of anti-semitism uh, across the world um and look at israel and it's insane that israel would be like man you know if there's anyone who can protect you it's us and as but that's what worries me about the yeah yeah the irresponsibility of throwing because because it, it's so obviously on the rise i mean you can see yeah. that in terms of you know, in terms of, you know, the sort of, lang you know, attacks, uh, hate crimes, but also the rise of far-right movements, which clearly have deep, profound anti-Semitic heritages and, and streaks. And I do think that's why a lot of people, you know, there is a responsibility, I always think, on the side of those who aren't Jewish, who support the Palestinian cause in the global north to take on anti-Semitism and to confront it and not, not to... Because the danger is when it's used by apologists for the Israeli state you know, in a way that it is abused, then people, well, there's no such thing as anti-Semitism at all, but they, there is. Right. I mean, there's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's a great evil. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just yeah. waters it down. And that's like the, you know, that is, I think one of the things that I fear about it is uh, the fact that it's, it's both um, rising uh, and it is both, and it is stoked by Israel uh, very deliberately. Um, and simultaneously, it is a smear 
that is being um, weaponized by Israel to a degree in which people are saying things like, well, there's no such thing as anti-Semitism. And it's just like, this is... This is uh, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad for me. And I'm not trying to like you know obviously make this uh, you know uh, fucking atrocity that is the continuing Zionist project about me. Um, but I am saying that like it does concern it does concern me the fact that like Israel would absolutely let uh, Jews be unsafe throughout the world in order to bolster their cause, which is. Because I've, I've been, I've been to Hungary. I've interviewed the, you know, the dissidents, the Polish. There, you've got this authoritarian regime which obsesses over George Soros being a Jewish puppet, Jewish puppet master, right. pulling the strings behind the opposition. And the polling in Hungary, when it comes to anti-Semitism, is one of the worst in the whole of oh. Europe. So it's not like they don't know what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. don't. Yeah. And the history of what happened in the Holocaust to Hungarian Jews was, you know, a, a, what the worst the basically of almost yeah. any. And you just kind of think, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's that, yeah. you know, I guess there's that long history. Richard Nixon, who was very anti-Semitic, yet very mm -hmm. pro-Israeli, you know, in public. Donald Trump, constant anti-Semitic tropes. Yeah, I mean, fucking uh, Elon Musk, you see, you know, he's opened the floodgates for any Nazi on Twitter to exist and say the worst possible shit. Um, but then, you know, he will uh, make sure that uh, his algorithm is just, you know, has barists uh being like pushed like my my timeline is just like <laughs> lie 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 <laughs> and uh, it is um you know so so clearly israel is helpful at running cover for anti-semites because at the end of the day they know that their project is an inherently uh right-wing western chauvinist colonial project and the people who like that type of shit are right-wingers who usually kind of hate Jews. So it's like, uh, you know, they're like, well, whatever. Yeah. I mean, as long as someone's got to support this shit. Um, but yeah, uh, before before we leave, uh, I want to ask you something as, a, as you know, you're a, a British person. Uh, and uh, All right, we've I, stopped. All right, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do I'm about so, it. We're listen, stuck with it. But like, uh, why do you call it? Why do you call it football? It's soccer. No, I'm just kidding. That's not the question. <laughs> No, I want to ask, what's going on with Piers Morgan? In America, we don't know him. Like, we know of him. He tried to We don't over. know her. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we tried to, uh, we watched him take over for Larry King at one point, and then kind of, like, it got canceled and all that stuff. He, we know him as kind of just, like, this, like, uh, kind of bloated, like, right-wingish like pompous guy who's just like you know uh, oh, oh, oh i hate my uh, i hate megan markle and it's not because she's black <laughs> yeah i don't know i can't do the accent but I, it's probably something that like that that was amazing that was yeah, yeah. whatever oh, that was was still beautiful oh, it's me pierce morgan yeah david beckham fish and chips um no but like what is what's his deal <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, what? I, whatever happens, I'm gonna play. That's gonna be my ringtone after this. That's gonna be. Oh, Morgan, David Beckham, fish and chip. Oh shit, my mom's calling. Um, <sighs> but like, uh, it's been interesting seeing him uh, in you know I don't know the last three months or so, um, because he seems to be, uh, and I shouldn't gauge any you know British politics on him. I assume. But I, I can't help but like think he represents some 
population in the UK. He seems to simultaneously be someone who runs cover just like any other, you know, uh, Western journalist for Israel. Um, but at the same time, he does something that I feel like you don't see everywhere else, which is like he's platforming people um, uh, on his show that um, and, and kind of for the most part, letting them finish a sentence except for i think except for you i think he interrupted you uh a bunch of times yeah but he said he said to me at one point you can't say that i was like is this uncensored Excuse yeah that was my favorite that was that was my favorite part you're like i thought this was uncensored he's like it is yeah that was great I think it's funny with him because uh, I have I, we've had uh, I think conf- lots of conversations in the past. He was on Good Morning Britain, a morning TV show. Right. When he went to talk TV, um, they, they invited me on his show a lot. And the reason I always said no was because I'm aware, quite co- I'm self-aware enough to know I'm like a culture war prop for a lot of his audience. Do you know what I mean? Sure. That I'm of kind of there. I'd be I'd be there just to be like, here's a culture right, war. Yeah. We're going to put, you know. So I was like, I don't want to. I'm not going to play a part in this clear performance. So I, I just always said no. And then when Gaza happened, they kept getting into, the, obviously the, the horrors of 7th of October and everything happened since. They kept mm-hmm. asking me to come on. Um, and I always said no then because I was like, well, the last fucking thing I want is Gaza right. to be a culture war. Like, that would be like right. the worst yeah. possible combination. Right. But the reason I went on was because he became like an, what I would describe as an accidental ally. In that, yeah. the guy, I, I would say it's fair to say, I, would he disagree with this? I think he likes clicks. He likes he likes an audience. For sure. And he kept putting on pro-Palestinian uh, and Palestinian voices who just did really well. They obviously did really, really well. So he became an accidental ally just because actually that channel became one of the best places for pro-Palestinian coverage. And then to yeah. be honest, I spoke to Palestinian Palestinians I know, including uh, a Palestinian who lost huge lost sorry, lost is the wrong way of call it, call, describing it. His relatives were killed en masse by the Israeli state. Oh. And, yeah. and and they said to me that I should go I should go on. Because the other thing is I was like, well, you know, I do panel shows where Palestine comes up, but I don't wouldn't normally go on a TV show if, if they're like, Owen, we want to talk about Palestine. Will you come on to talk about this specifically? I normally would avoid that because I would try sure. and promote Palestinian voices. On a panel show, it comes up, we talk about it, or a news review, that kind of thing. But th- So the reason I went on is, is because it was like, he'd had Palestinian voices on and pro-Palestinian voices. They actually did really well. Um, and I spoke to Palestinians who thought I should do it. But I don't know. I mean, it was just, I think it was more that, I, I don't know. I, I'm torn about what do I think is going on in his head, and I don't spend that much time thinking about it. <laughs> I think deep down, I think deep down, he knows actually this is fucked. Like this is right. so fucked up. It's so obviously twisted. That I get. I get the sense that he, uh, like deep down, knows it's wrong and so. fucked up. Which is, uh, I think, is shocking to see from, uh, you know, such like, um, I don't know such a bloated british man <laughs> you know what i mean like he just the guy it's it, like does not exude someone who gives like deep thought into the no, no, exactly. and I should, i'm not letting him off there i'm not no no of course because, not of course not no no I, because yeah. because he's not he's not making he's not he's clearly not coming out and and and, and you know like and i think you know he's got his right-wing audience predominantly as well sure. i mean the thing is as well with me you know he his argument was that Russia's onslaught against Ukraine constitute genocide, but Israel's didn't. And he right. basically made that on the basis of, well, basically, um, in this case, 
Hamas started it, and in that case, Russia started it. And now, obviously, that's a historical. The world clearly didn't start on the 7th of October. But also, yeah. on its own terms, it's nonsense, because you don't... The basis of whether or not something's a genocide or not is is the... Con, is it a genocide? It's not, it's not who started it. Otherwise, in Rwanda, I mean, in Rwanda, you had the Rwandan... Uh, the, 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 the army led by Paul Pagami, who invaded right. in 1990, committed multiple atrocities. No one would there go, well, that means 1994 genocide wasn't wasn't a genocide equally right. the bosnian serbs bosnian serbs suffered terrible atrocities mm-hmm. committed against them but that doesn't mean so that is just a logical nonsense you know it's sure. it's, it's either a genocide or it isn't a genocide it's not yeah. how did this start even if you're going to start the clock arbitrarily in the way you do i mean yeah yeah i mean it's it's yeah. again it's this like idea of normalizing the uh the phrase you know preemptive genocide you know like the idea of like um normalizing the feeling rather you know i don't think anyone is actually saying preemptive genocide but that's essentially what they're implying through these like acts of quote-unquote defense um you know it's like well you know they uh they they say they're genocidal and uh so what can we do but kill literally every man woman and child um but uh yeah i i can't tell whether or not um you know uh he you know uh Piers Morgan represents a swath of people in the UK or not who maybe are like, you know, pretty like no, right wing. I'll tell you why. Yeah. No, actually, because in fact, let me just bring up the latest polling because the latest polling is actually, it's, it's you know, I know in the US has been a big shift um, mm. compared to where things were. If I just bring up the latest polling, it is, the, 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 what I find so just, well, all of this is fucked up, but it's, it's the fact that um, what is seen as extreme within the media environment is seen as completely mainstream amongst British public opinion. Yeah. So now the uh, so 69% sorry 66% of Britons think Israel should immediately end military action and call a ceasefire. 13% oppose it. So there's only 13% of the population oppose a ceasefire in Britain. Um, do you think Israel, this is incredible, do you think Israel should or should not be prepared to enter into peace negotiations with Hamas? 66% say yes, 11% say no. If you said that on British TV, you'd probably, I don't know, be arrested or something. Then it says, do you think Israel's attack on Gaza from October onwards is not justified? Israel is not justified. So this is from October 7th onwards, that whole attack. Yeah. Um, 45% say it isn't justified, 24% say it is justified. So the point I'm making is actually, and then now, which side do you sympathize with most? Palestinian side, 28% up seven. Israeli side, 16% down two. Both sides equally, 22%. Um, so what, what the point I'm making is, is it actually, you know, the, the problem is actually the media environment in Britain is absurd in that yeah. it's all framed. Yeah. Like I saw that Labour got, Labour sh- being forced to shift their position in a way yeah. which is actually very disingenuous and cynical, but they've been forced right, more towards at least pretending they support ceasefire. Yeah. And they were, in, I watched Sky News interrogating uh, their shallow foreign secretary, and it was all like, oh, what about the hostages? How is Israel going to save its hostages? How debt? And I was like, look, we should, like, firstly, why aren't you talking about the fact the, 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 the vast majority of hostages have only ever been released because of a ceasefire, right. prisoner yeah. exchange? Israel yeah. is this. The IDF have killed more hostages than they've than rescued. Mm-hmm. But Palestinian right. life wasn't even mentioned. It wasn't like they were going, why have you taken so long? Uh, how? Why after so many deaths, after the total destruction of Gaza, after... Do you see what I mean? That wasn't even the framing. So what's so ludicrous is you've got a media world and you've got public opinion. And actually, 
I'm treated as I'm a deranged fringe extremist. Um, but 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 and you know in some ways that's true no but i'm direct you know but there but but in terms of public opinion on this that's not i'm just what the mainstream position is they're the ones on the extreme like why are we being treated as extremists how is this possible it's like they they're like how are they trying to keep a moral high ground they're literally they're literally cheering on so uh, what is now on trial for, for on the highest court on earth for genocide, alleged genocide, yes. that literally 14,000 children, and they're still like these preening self-righteous, aren't we moderate and mainstream? These people are the hateful, deranged extremists. It is so, it's like the world turned upside down. It is just it's, so ridiculous. What, is, do, do you know what I mean? Do you take a step 100%. back, you're like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? yeah. It's, it's one of the reasons that I, I think, uh, you know, people um, are, seeking out anything outside of mainstream media because you are seeing so many people it's like the number one comment that i get from people who watch this show which is a dumb show about uh funny israeli propaganda (laughs) but the number one comment i get is uh thank you for making me feel sane and uh, and I feel like you probably relate to that in uh, as well. The idea of people who are just grateful to watch uh, someone look at obvious, like the most obvious manufacturing of consent, the most obvious lies, uh, and just be like, "Those are lies." Uh, like it is exactly that's it, exactly yeah. that. These for me, people like you keep me. I would have gone insane otherwise because it's literally yeah. like you have this debate, which is Israel is defending itself, and there was a side debate about whether is this proportional or not. Let's agree to disagree. When the Israeli state is just screaming, "We're committing war crimes, everyone!" War crimes. <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah. it's like it's like you get like in the moment, like someone posted, like, "Why are these IDF soldiers like? Oh my god, is a breakdown of discipline? Like, why are they posting this shit?" It's like maybe because the Israeli defense minister on October the 10th and then October the 12th said, I'm lifting all restraints and yeah. restrictions on the Israeli army. To, directly to stop, maybe that's a clue. I don't know. Yeah. Worth yeah. looking to their at. Faces worth looking at. Them. Yeah, it is. And it, like, it's worth so talking about. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is like, and the fact that the media narrative around this seems to be, especially recently now that I've seen a bunch of commentary about this, um, including from inside of Israel, um, like, hey guys, what are we doing? Letting our letting Israeli soldiers make these videos? Like, it's making this look like some sort of genocide. <laughs> and I'm just like, what do you mean? It making it look it? How many? How much evidence do you need before you're just like, maybe I'm running cover for a genocide current? I know it's like it's a bad. It's really bad PR, guys. Could you take it off camera? Come on. I know it's yeah, fun. Yeah. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. It's like. I mean, this what this whole thing. You'd hope history will, because it's just so extreme and deranged. It's literally yes. like they've wiped, they've rained hellfire and wiped out seventy percent of homes, displaced yeah. almost the entire population, killed and counting through violent deaths thirty-five thousand people, including fourteen thousand kids. Clearly, in these horrors, famine, collapse of healthcare system, that's what ends up killing most people. It's a horrible thing to talk about. This is true. And you have Israeli soldiers just laughing hysterically and going on about how amazing and funny it is. And the Israeli leadership, who keeps saying things like, 
we need to wipe Gaza out. These are human animals. Uh, let's quote a genocidal passage from the Bible, by the way, mm-hmm. and, and and no reason to bring that up. Um, mm-hmm. And whilst Israeli media outlets and TV uh, go on about how um, all civilians, there's no such thing as innocent civilians, um, with the caveat maybe uh, people um, under the age of four might not be guilty. You just kind of look at it and go like, what? There's not subtlety, is there? It's not subtle. Yeah. And yet nope. we have to pretend that this is people in the, you know, the yeah. media hasn't framed it based on what is actually said and done. Yeah. It's no, it, it's, it, I think that's, it's the level of being lied to. It's like, it's not just, you know, a, um, it's not just spin, but it's the complete inversion of reality to a degree in which you are just, uh, you know, you're, you're watching someone do a crime and say, you know, it's literally, it's the Eric Andre meme where, where he's like shooting, uh, what is he, shoots uh, um, oh, Hannibal yeah. Burris and it's just, and you know, it's yeah. says Israel, he goes, why would Hamas do this? Like we are watching <laughs> that, they're, they're, they're acting out the memes. And, uh, and I think are, it, yeah. it is why people are like, you know, they're like looking for a normal, like a, a normal people to just say what's happening because they they can't believe their eyes. Uh, you know, they, yeah, why, they, or, why not just take? Yeah, yeah why yeah. not just take literally what they say? Is what I think that's the key point. One of my right. main takeaways would be like if the Russians. I mean, when the Russian state says terrible shit, people go, "Well, they mean that, don't they? Why have they like fine? That's an entirely reasonable way to behave. Like if if yeah. a state keeps saying things over and over again, which are clearly genocidal in nature, just objectively speaking. And that's the other thing about it. When they say, don't be fucking ridiculous, how dare you say it's genocide? The people saying that, if this was a state which was hostile to Western interests, whose leaders were saying these things and doing this, there would not be a debate. There wouldn't be a discussion at all. It would would be classified as a genocide, like obviously, because because however awful I think what's happening to Ukraine. Yeah, we would have made up reasons, actually. Like, you don't need them to say explicitly. uh, If they're an enemy of uh, Western interests, they don't need to say explicitly they're going to murder people. You know, they would just... uh, We would would invent reasons to do it. But because they're an ally, they can literally say, let's get a genociding, guys. And uh, no one says anything. Yeah. It is... It is wild. Um, It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But you know what doesn't suck? Uh, you, Owen Jones, you, the work right you do. Right back at you. Hey, I love the oh, work you do. You do. Nah, I see all the hits. And if uh, you know, there's if a, a few, video, there's a few misses. There's a few misses sneaking around. Listen, every everyone's got a I, miss. I'm a tryer. Yeah, you know what? You're a tryhard. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm a tryhard. Uh, no, a I'm hard. a tryhard too. Uh, but I really appreciate uh what you do. Um uh what plug yourself what where can people find your work if they want to hear my inane quasi northern english accent and my <laughs> sort of macaulay call contribute yeah act yeah. face it's um, a beautiful uh, they face. could uh, where is it though um uh, youtube uh, you should look at look up owen jones on youtube uh i do write uh for the guardian or they could just listen to my increasingly deranged tweets uh yeah. on twitter you've got you've you've got great tweets uh your youtube channel is great uh love your work and thank you so much for coming on bad has bar but right back at you by the way you are by the way 
just incredible, I would say. Very, because uh, I'd seen you before you got in touch. And, oh. and uh, it's just like that comedy, because for me, I think like comedy is often, the there's a reason dictators often go for satirists. Yeah, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, finger, fingers crossed things don't go completely down south because you're finished if that's true. But I mean, yeah, I know, because it, it's, but <laughs> making like injustice and horror absurd is something which obviously a skillful comedian can do in a way that really gets people emotionally so well done you're great so well done yeah well we've patted each other on the back there haven't we this is i disgusting. love it oh no it's great i you know i i only compliment so i could receive them back love me <laughs> uh but thank you so much uh for coming on i really appreciate it owen jones everyone please follow him and uh yeah Follow this podcast on all your podcast apps. Uh, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash badhasbara. Uh, email me, badhasbara at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, until next time, let's see. From the river to the sea, uh, Pierce Morgan has no soul, but he likes clicks and money. There we go. How about that? Jumping jacks was us. Push-ups was us. Krav Maga us. All karate us. Taking Molly us. Michael Jackson us. Yamaha keyboards us. Jar Jar Binks not us. Andor was us. Heath Ledger Joker us. Endless Red Success. Happy Meals was us. McDonald's was us. Shit.